0: I'm Phil Mutz, VP of News and Entertainment at PureWow.
1: And I'm Dara Katz, Executive Editor at PureWow.
0: We are the hosts of And Just Like That, a Sex and the City reboot podcast.
1: Where we react, converse, spill the tea, and get carried, sorry, away on the new Sex and the City season.
0: Now is a good time to tell you that there will obviously be spoilers.
1: So join us as we revisit and relive Sex and the City. Phil... Do you think podcasting is like jury duty?
0: <laughs> you, I, I don't know what you're talking about. So please explain to me why it's like jury duty.
1: Well, Carrie cracked a joke in episode one that everyone like has to do a podcast at some point. And I thought it kind of rang a little true, you know?
0: Oh, well, I tried to ignore all of those negative references to podcasts considering we're doing a podcast, But but it is kind of like, like jury duty. Like, are you, are you an American if you don't have your own podcast? I don't know.
1: Well, today we are talking about episode three of And Just Like That. I'll give you the quick recap if you don't watch it or you forgot everything. So Carrie lightly stalks and finally sits down with Natasha after learning that Big left her $1 million in his will. Charlotte's child, Rose, tells their mom that they don't feel like a girl. And Amanda parties late and with ample sexual tension with Che after their comedy concert, which I'm putting in quotes. We can talk about that later, Phil. And then Carrie walks all the way home, her West Village home. Okay, so that's out of the way. We can talk about everything.
0: And just, I mean, only because you're going to be super embarrassed. You said Amanda instead of Miranda. Uh, And I just... (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's going to be like, who's Amanda? So Miranda party late. But everybody knows this. We all watched it. We all watched episode three.
1: (laughs) Amanda... Amanda is one of the new characters? I, no. I mean, it's, it's, Miranda. it's Miranda. I'm so sorry, Obviously. Zin Phoenix and I. I
0: know, I know. <laughs> um, I misnamed but, you. Before we dive into this episode, I feel like we have to briefly at least talk about what has been happening since it the show debuted last week. I mean, there has been so much drama and so much in the news, particularly about Peloton.
1: Right after the big thing happened, Big has a heart attack after riding on its Peloton, everyone seemed to be so worried about Peloton which is a big company, it's not a person, (laughs) what Peloton the company would think about this episode. As if, like, it was just so concerning to me that people really cared about what a company thought, you know? That's
0: such a funny way to think about it, but you're exactly right, because it's exactly what happened with Kim Cattrall. Like, Like, we want to know what Kim Cattrall's response is. We really wanted to know what Peloton's response was, and I actually thought their response, even though it is a company, I did pay attention, and I think it was really off like it just felt like you guys really overreacted to this and reacted in a total wrong way like you had an actual opportunity to capitalize on a really funny moment where everybody's talking about you attached to the most popular thing on tv right now and you kind of acted like peloton doesn't kill people and i was like we know peloton doesn't kill people why is that your reaction why is your reaction have doctors you know talk about how it's super safe We know, we know what spinning is.
1: Yeah, we all know. They're taking the the viewers like not smart enough to know that like, it was just, it was a joke. It's Big using a Peloton is funny because Big, we didn't know anything about Big or what (laughs) brands he used or if he ever exercised in the original series. Big was essentially a metaphor for New York City, right? The show was called Sex and the City. Big was the city. Carrie was chasing him. And he was always out of reach, always evasive. Suddenly, he's on a peloton. He's telling her to salt the fish. It's like it's it's too domesticated, and it was it played as a joke.
0: Yeah, I I think they responded in a way too serious way, and I think they eventually got there because obviously we got the ad where they must have paid Chris Noth like I don't know a bajillion dollars to come on and just do this with a uh, real life Allegra. Um, where I if you if anybody hasn't seen it yet, Peloton responded with a quick ad and they did this spot where Big isn't dead and he actually is off and he ran away with Allegra and Ryan Reynolds does a voiceover. Um I don't know. What did you think of this response? I guess it was better than the initial response from Peloton.
1: I thought yeah, the the whole vibe just felt like Peloton was whining and it's like you guys it was a beautiful Peloton in a beautiful little Peloton man cave. Like It's great. You have basically free advertising. Everyone knows that's not what killed big. It's, I mean, for the stocks to pump, it is just like, LOL, I don't know. But yeah, I think they overreacted. And then I think the spot was a little like shady.
0: Yeah, it it just, it felt like they were like, See, guys, we're with it, too. And, and we think what you did. Was, I don't know. It, it, exactly. It was a little shady. Like, we think what you did was 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 wrong. So we're going to rewrite Sex in the City and haha jokes on you. And it was like, no, you know, no. Big still dead. No, Big isn't alive. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they killed the character off.
1: OK, so everyone's so upset. Like, why didn't Carrie call 911? Jonah Hill posted on Instagram a note mm-hmm. with the text that said, "Why didn't Carrie call nine one one?" And then everybody and their mom was sharing it on Instagram. W- could nine one one have showed up in like f- the f- less than thirty seconds that Carrie like needed to process what was happening? No. No. With no. New York City traffic, no. <laughs> so it's nice that she got to be with her man instead of, like, on the phone with, like, an operator.
0: I agree. It would not have been uh, quite so heartbreaking if we watched her run for a landline and then spend the scene, <laughs> the last moments of Big's life, uh, on the phone with a 911 operator instead of cradling her man. Yeah.
1: Cradling her man.
0: Um, Can I please ask you, I don't know if you knew this, but somebody pointed this out to me after the first episode, and I was like, why don't I remember this? Should we have actually seen the fact that Big was going to die, should we have seen it ahead of time? Because apparently, when they were making the Sex and the City 3 movie that fell apart, uh, courtesy of Kim Cattrall, they were going to, and it was written into the script, that Big was going to have a heart attack in a shower. And that came out or leaked at the time in 2018 or whatever it was, I don't know, uh, years ago. Uh, And I didn't know. I didn't remember this. So were we all idiots for being surprised by his death?
1: Maybe it was overshadowed By all the drama that Kim Cattrall and the rest of the women were engaging in on Twitter and the feud and the toxicness and whatever, because I think Kim Cattrall had a point because big dying in that movie and in this this extra little season makes it all about Carrie again. And everyone gets annoyed when it's all about Carrie.
0: And that's a good point, too, because that was, I think, part of the reason why the Sex and the City 3 movie didn't happen was because that would have made it all about Carrie. Why would Kim Cattrall want to be in this movie where it's basically Carrie mourning for an entire movie and not about their four friends? You know, so I I get that. So I think they made the right choice, especially after Sex and the City 2, to not (laughs) go with that third one. But regardless of whether we should have seen it coming, it happened. I'm... Glad it happened. We can finally move on. And we are in episode three. It feels finally a little bit closer to the original series now that the morning has kind of been checked off to a certain degree and we can kind of move on with the storylines.
1: I'm silent, Phil, because I completely disagree.
0: Go on and tell me why.
1: Why don't you tell me why you think it's more similar?
0: Okay, so... Convince me. So I don't think it's similar in that they're recreating or that we're ever going to be really recreating what the original was but I finally felt like there was some comedy back I thought we had like comedic music I mean Carrie stalks someone there's a whole scene where Stanford is getting hit over and over by a kitchen door and I was like thank god like Charlotte rolls off the bed onto the floor at one point because of like the news she receives from Rose so there is just there is finally some levity that was just so lacking in the first two episodes and I understand why you know I think the first episode had to set up happiness, but not necessarily humor, so that we can then have the rug pulled out, big dies. Then the second episode, we have to mourn that with a little couple. There are a couple funny moments with the guests at the funeral. But this finally feels like we can just breathe again. It's like a silly light show again. I don't know. You disagree. Tell me.
1: I completely disagree. Uh I thought... The comedy was clunky. I thought it was very like network TV, not funny. I hated the door slamming moment. It was like Three Stooges type stuff. Miranda's like, Can I have more wine? Clank. It, it wasn't funny. It didn't add anything to me. And it wasn't, it, it didn't move anything forward. And it didn't move the needle of culture, which Sex and the City did back in the day. And also, Charlotte slapsticking, falling out of bed, and her stupid conversation with Anthony, where both of them are. Not equipped to talk about this issue, but are giving each other advice is ridiculous. And yeah, that is. So a, Charlotte slapstick just... falling out of bed because her uh, daughter is telling Charlotte that they don't see themselves as a girl is like very... Like It's trying to be so woke, but it's just after school special, not funny.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you with the style of this humor. Uh, I just was glad that it was present uh, and that it finally <laughs> felt like, okay, I can just enjoy myself. I also, I I, I disagree a little bit. I don't know. I, I do think you're right about the show Moving the Needle back in the day, obviously. But I think that happened over time. I think within each individual episode, like when you rewatch episodes, there are just so many storylines where you're like, This didn't go anywhere. This is a little sitcom-y in that, like, we tied this up with a bow in, like, 23 minutes. Um, That said, I think you're absolutely right. There were much deeper, longer-term implications from the the show. I just... I missed, in the first two episodes, that kind of, like, joy surrounding these characters. And no, Charlotte falling out of the bed wasn't laugh-out-loud funny, uh, and definitely inappropriate for the scene she was having with uh, Rose. But I just really appreciated that we were back in a more fun space, if that makes sense.
1: I think you're grasping for straws, Phil. I wow. really do. Okay. I think you yeah, really want to like it. You know, I, I think it's a choice. You have to decide to like and just like that. Mm-hmm. And I had decided. But this episode, the third episode, was all exposition. Mm-hmm. Like, even Carrie calling Miranda and b- telling her, I emailed Natasha And then I sent her another email and then she blocked me on Instagram. In the original series, we would have seen Carrie with the screen light in her face, typing away. We would have seen the little cursor. We would have seen the blocking happening. I don't get why it's all dialoguing the exposition instead of just showing us like, which is basic storytelling, show, don't tell. That is
0: an odd moment because in the first episode, we see her on the phone uh, with the text to Samantha. So why didn't we just see her message Natasha, that that's an odd. Yeah, I don't know.
1: And it's a moment for comedy. We could have seen what Natasha's profile said, or mm-hmm. what Carrie's profile says on Instagram. I'm missing Carrie writing.
0: Yeah, like yeah. she doesn't
1: have any agency besides. You know, people are like, it doesn't. It fails the Be- Bechdel test. Bechdel test. All she's talking about and is whining about big. Yes, he died, but because we've seen Carrie do this season after season, it's a little annoying.
0: I, annoying. I hear you on that. Said in an I hear Australian you. accent. And since you mentioned her, I think we obviously need to talk about Natasha and uh, her big return, I guess. Do you think this served some kind of bigger purpose in, like, giving some actual closure to Carrie after the last time they left it? Or or was this just, hey, we just want to throw in a familiar face. Here you go, fans.
1: I think it's more of like an all-star pull. It's like, let's bring in the greatest of Sex in the City. And to be fair, Natasha was great for the storyline. She was never an interesting character. But what is interesting is that Bridget Moynihan, who plays Natasha, had a similar like a parallel thing happen to her in real life. Very public where she was in a relationship with Tom Brady, who's a guy that I guess, you know, plays football. And he left her while she was pregnant to be with Giselle Bushden.
0: I didn't know any of this. And it's maybe it's because of the Tom Brady football sports. I don't know about sports thing, but I doubt it. I probably should have known about this. So. So so she really went through the real life Natasha thing.
1: That's so fascinating. Yes. And so it's interesting to see Natasha forgive Carrie and for Carrie to finally give her that um, apology, because as Bridget Moynihan says in a quote in Harper's Bazaar, I still consciously carried that around with me. The breakup with Tom Brady for many, many years after the fact. So even though everything's always about Carrie. I'm feeling for Natasha in this moment. She was probably traumatized by what happened.
0: Yeah, and I think the way they 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 have this play out in the episode, I actually thought, did a real service to Natasha as a character as well because it really does make Carrie uh, the bad guy, even in the finding out of the information. Um, obviously, Natasha hasn't been in touch with Big. Obviously, Natasha didn't know about the million dollars um, prior to the will you know, uh, coming out, but like, Carrie stalks her, goes to her office, tries to Instagram her sh- and then like shows up at a coffee shop. I mean, like accidentally, obviously, I guess, well, I guess it was an accident, but really it was a TV accident. Like, how does that happen? And all of New York City, they w- walked in the same coffee shop.
1: And Natasha was peeing while holding her iced coffee. Interesting. Interesting form.
0: The things that we catch that others didn't because I didn't catch that. <laughs> I'm glad you did. It's an important detail.
1: I mean, even just Natasha using a public bathroom, I was like, this isn't sex in the city. <laughs> like, But
0: Carrie goes in just to use the public bathroom, too. I'm like, this, is this the bathroom? Is this the only clean bathroom, the only nice coffee shop in all of the Upper West Side? Which also, by the way, Carrie makes a reference to being, like, lost in somewhere so weird and it's the Upper West Side. Like, is that, a, is that really that funny? The Upper West Side is... A very big and popular Here's the thing about that,
1: Phil. I don't think the show has done a good job at explaining how out of place Carrie is on the Upper West Side. In the show, she would never drive home with Charlotte because Charlotte lived on the Upper West Side and mm-hmm. Carrie lived in the West Village. So the fact that they're sharing a, an Uber now um, or that Carrie's walking all the way back to her house is more important than the show, I think, did at explaining that.
0: Right, that she's in she's a fish out of water at the moment. She's not where in her natural habitat. Which, right. spoiler alert, we then get to finally at the end of the episode, thank God.
1: Yeah, but her coming home was weird because in the old series, it it would all be tied up with a bow. And I think that was actually great about this show. Like, there was always a theme. It was kind of like, made you think that this show, this this specific episode was about home, but it wasn't.
0: Right, because that hadn't been a real issue at all.
1: It was about gogi. <laughs> It
0: was about Gogi and stalking uh your dead husband's ex. Yeah. Um
1: and also Carrie is so damn chill <laughs> about like, oh, it's like totally chill that Big's given away a million dollars, but it's like, oh, it's to Natasha. It's like, wait, Carrie, remember when you needed Charlotte to like pawn your her engagement ring for you so you could buy your permit. And now all of a sudden a million dollars is nothing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's actually a really good point. She goes, "I. it's not the. it's not the money. It's 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 that if even if he gave her ten dollars and I was like, no, no, $1, no $1, 000, a million dollars is a massive amount of money. <laughs> what are you talking about?
1: Yeah. Even if it's w- with taxes, four hundred fifty thousand. I mean, Carrie, you used to have to work for your money and that's what made the show good. I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing that return to that show
0: yeah i mean even them rolling up in to to for the stocking they like rolled in like up in like a huge suv like i was like wow this they i mean i know it's probably it's gotta be you know her car i guess now and her driver i suppose because she's got all this money but it does feel very uncary and you're right I, i wish they at least she acknowledged it or talked about it So there obviously were a lot of storylines, but one that I definitely think I would like to talk about is the whole Miranda and Che, uh, which we saw hinted at at the funeral, but like this relationship potentially developing. And what does that mean for, you know, stands of Miranda and Steve is is are people going to allow this? I a little bit feel like this is the obvious thing to be like, we're in a stale relationship. We're talking about chia seeds between, you know, Steve and Miranda while they're just having ice cream. Like, if I had to hear the word chia seeds one more time, I was like, okay. Chia enough.
1: seeds on I just, your enough. ice cream?
0: I don't, I don't Disgusting. know.
1: Disgusting. <sighs> okay, w- why would... I would be divorced from Steve in a second. All the dude does in this series is ask questions. What is chia seeds? It's like, get your <laughs> phone out, Steve, read a book. Learn something. This guy is so annoying and like out of his depths in any conversation. Yeah, He's I, like so clueless.
0: And it really, really did. He did not age well. And I don't mean in a physical way. I mean, No, he's hot. I, I mean, he's hotter he, than ever, yeah, but he's dumber
1: I'm, than ever. Yeah. What are chia seeds?
0: Yeah. What
1: are I, chia seeds?
0: I don't, I, I don't honestly don't know. I think she says something about, oh, Auntie, why are we even talking about chia seeds? Even that makes me mad. They wasted so much screen time talking about that. I really just, and I understand that they were just trying to paint this as such a boring relationship, one that she like clearly needs to, you know, Che, uh, they have that stand up, you know, special and it's all about change. And Miranda really like, you know, relates to that change message but that also even felt like a bit hitting me over the head with, okay, I get it. Like, this is giving Miranda the permission she needs to really just break out of this mold. But are, I don't know. Are Phil? we really going to leave Steve? And is that really the right thing to do? Like, you have a kid. You have a life. Like, maybe Chia sees is for you. I don't know. Am I wrong?
1: There's so much about this series that I'm, like, pissed about. We shouldn't be like exposition, exposition, Miranda suddenly realizing that Chia Seeds isn't her life. She wants to explore other things. We should be like entering in on their home and they have an open relationship. We should be like Charlotte. Charlotte shouldn't be having this conversation with Rose. It should just be, you know, and like, let's move on from there. Instead of like these woke storylines are really cheesy, I think.
0: Yeah that's interesting I never I haven't really thought about that that it seems like they rather than having this new series pick up in the middle of their lives it's kind of starting where a bunch of big changes are just starting which mm-hmm. is less interesting because you're exactly right then we have to watch Rose explain to their mother about this we have to watch Miranda you know uh perhaps leave her husband or open up her marriage or whatever is about to happen rather than just jumping into the more interesting part and we're already there. Uh, And yeah, I I didn't think about that. Every, you know, big dying. So many of things are like starts of things, which Mm -hmm. generally is not as interesting as just diving right in. And then we can really go into what that involves and what, you know, who is Rose dating? What is Rose struggling with? What is, you know, there's so many other things that would be way more interesting. I don't want to see
1: anything about the kids. (laughs) Uh, yeah. The show was never about the children. No, of and yeah. I, do, I don't want to see that, Phil. Mm-hmm. And I'm a mother. I don't care about Rose. I'm sorry. Get her like off my screen.
0: So then what is Get this? Get them
1: off my screen. What
0: is the storyline then? Is it, is it just a vehicle for Charlotte to learn? Learn something? Is that it?
1: Okay. Can we go back to Che really quickly? AKA not really quickly. I, okay. I think Sarah Ramirez plays this character Beyond perfectly, that said, Che's comedy concert Ugh. was not comedy. It was more like this super hyper sexed up Tony Robbins, yeah concert,
0: yeah, I mean it was uncomfortable
1: that. for me, like just because someone is queer doesn't mean it's okay to like sexually harass the whole audience, even though the audience seemed into it. The comedy wasn't funny. It was just them talking like a TED talk essentially about why it's okay. For them to like sexually harass everybody.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Is that
1: a bad take?
0: No, I don't think that's a bad take at all. I I sat there the entire time thinking, hey, this isn't funny. Not that what they are saying isn't important, correct, several things. Uh, It's that this is a comedy show. It felt like uh, a TV writer wrote a stand up bit and obviously doesn't feel like a stand up bit because there were no real jokes. This was about a theme for the the, uh, like this was really just to be speaking to the character of Miranda. You know, Until, this is this vehicle Charlotte. for that. Exactly, That's true. That's mm-hmm.
1: It's it's Che pandering to the characters, which isn't what the show wants to do. We know that's what the show doesn't want to do. That's why they included all these new characters who are missing in action.
0: <laughs> yeah, how did we introduce um, all these characters and then we go a whole episode without them, right?
1: Exactly. So Che doing this stand-up special, only talking in kind of general generalizations, nothing specific about their lives, except for the one time, except for that one story about the coming coming out. out, Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's just it's not doing justice. It's not doing what they're trying to do.
0: Yeah, I agree. It felt very much like especially the whole the whole part of, you know, adding new characters was we're not just adding people to be buddies or sidekicks or anything. We are going to have fully fleshed out people. And I think they're doing somewhat of an okay job with that. But then at the same time, this whole thing was really just a vehicle to affect Miranda and to affect, like you said, Charlotte.
1: Phil, beautifully said. Oh
0: my gosh, thank you.
1: Wow. Also, and I I can't speak to the other new characters because we haven't seen them, but Che, instead of feeling nuanced, is just becoming this archetype of this like all-knowing queer fairy godmother which a lot of underrepresented people in media portray, like the magic black neighbor or, you know, people who just come in to kind of save the protagonist. And it's not sitting right exactly.
0: Yeah, no, I I think that's right. And I think you can even see it further in that scene where Miranda, you know, sneaks into the VIP party and she's just a bumbling fool and spits back. (laughs) I, I mean, really, she's a bumbling, uh,
1: she's fool. A bumbling yes, fool. no true uh, words have ever been spoken.
0: <laughs> but she's spitting um, these, you know, words of wisdom back to Che that they had just some of them said in the set, as if they were just gospel. And and again, it does Freaky. have that that weird kind of like savory, like Miranda just had this come to Jesus moment where you've just changed my life, and it it does feel. Odd, And it is, again, all about Miranda now again, not about Ugh. Che and Miranda. Like, it doesn't feel like this could possibly be a relationship. If for no other reason than Che isn't being given their due, you know? Yeah, che isn't being given their che due. Why would
1: Che be attracted to Miranda in this instance? Miranda is just carony than ever. And also, if Miranda is having her little Tito's party in her backpack, why does it seem like she's on a Coke run? <laughs> <laughs> Like she is so hyped up. That is not a Tito situation.
0: That's like, valid. She seems,
1: yeah, she's uh, <laughs> skiing. <laughs> I clearly don't know like the cool vernacular or talk about drugs. I don't but... know.
0: I knew skiing. That that's the right word. I think. Oh, that's the, she's that's the hitting term. the
1: slopes. Oh. Uh,
0: I I, w- I really really want to contribute with more. Uh, but I um, what I don't know. She's building a snowman. Is that one of them? That's not it.
1: No, but that's cute, film. Thank you. Okay can can I I had an epiphany about Brady
0: Oh okay sure
1: So I think and I'm hoping that this is purposeful, but Brady the sex fiend is essentially a proxy for Samantha because if we remember from I think season five Miranda was sleepless she was taking care of Brady he was a baby he was crying nonstop and Samantha didn't have any empathy. For Miranda when she was, you know, this new mom, until she stops by, gives Miranda her hair coloring appointment, and babysits Brady. What does she do when that vibrating chair breaks down? She puts the vibrator that she just bought at Sharper Image in the chair. <laughs> so Brady it ha- has been sexed up since he was an infant. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It only makes sense. Of course he's sex obsessed.
0: So, so your 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 deep fan theory is that. Samantha, years ago when Brady was a baby, somehow made him, years later, be this like, sex fiend teen. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: She's Frankenstein and Brady's her monster.
0: Wow. If some writer thought about that, if, if Darren Star or Michael Patrick King really thought about that, uh, <laughs> that's what happened. Wow. That's some, that's some <laughs> real planning It really ahead. makes you think about
1: yeah. uh, nature versus nurture. You catch the mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Hey, I, that's entirely possible. Also, is it weird that the only sex we're getting in the show is from Brady and not from the women that we want to see? Even if we're not, you know, getting the like Kim Cattrall, like, you know, screaming orgasm at the end of an episode. Do, we're not getting any sex from our characters. Is that just because we've we've got too much else to talk about? And the only sex in this city is coming from Brady because the other characters are busy. Why are we not getting it from anywhere else?
1: I love that you're asking me. I I don't know. I, I just, I don't know why there's no sex in this particular city.
0: It's confusing.
1: And they keep talking about, this is a pet peeve of mine. The actors all look amazing. They're in their 50s. 50s is the new 20s or 30s. And they're all like, I'm the only 55-year-old on the steps of this school. It's like, no, you're not. Like, no one would notice that. And, like, I have a great stream for a 50-year-old man. It's like, no one gets older and is, like, upset about the, like, pressure of their piss stream. Like, <laughs> like, why are we always <laughs> talking about age in this, like, not nuanced way?
0: Yeah, that does feel a little clunky. I'm sorry, Phil.
1: I feel like you wanted to talk about how you like the show, and I'm just bringing you down. Look,
0: Dara... I don't think we have to just like the show uh, blindly and I don't think we have to agree on everything. I think that's really important that, um you know, you can hate the show, I can love the show and then next week we might swap spots and I might be like, what is happening? And you're like, no, actually, I think it's really finding its footing. Uh, I look forward to that discussion next week.
1: <laughs> so I think we're missing, okay, not only the sex fill, but we're also missing the city. Where's the city? The show, especially after... COVID, I would think the show would use this opportunity to highlight the great things happening in the city, the newest restaurants, the great outdoor dining stuff. But Charlotte and Miranda are waiting for Carrie in what looks like a Starbucks. It made me sick.
0: Yeah, that is a little weird because you're exactly right. The original series, every episode, they were in at least five different really cool spots, whether it was a restaurant or a club or a lounge. And we're we're not really getting any of that. And I don't know if they're doing that just because they don't want to highlight that samantha's missing which i guess we threw in stanford at their brunch which again didn't even feel like a like cool spot at all as much as charlotte said i had a better table prepared this did not feel like a cool spot in any way um it just felt yeah, very not
1: weird. like why sh- i thought you know how like they're dropping hints that miranda might have a drinking problem mm-hmm. feels like they're dropping hints that charlotte might have like an obsessive compulsive problem like it's just like why are you acting like this
0: yeah the whole charlotte's been bug bugging me since episode one there's i mean i think it's obviously intentional where they're just writing her in a not super flattering way but as a mm-hmm. result there's been all this tension with carrie there's been all this tension with stanford which is that i don't remember that at all I, to be honest i don't even really remember them like interacting all that much in the original series but the no. this this really the, the fact that he's like, I talked to my therapist about you. I'm like, w- does everyone just hate Charlotte later in life? I mean, I-, I know she's grating and you know that's part of what we enjoy about her uh, in contrast to the other characters, but she's having a hard time with all of her friends right now. <laughs> I mean, she thinks Miranda has a drinking problem. Her and Carrie are like really, really tense, especially over the like whole making it about me thing uh, mm-hmm. that she did in the previous episode. And then Stanford's like, Also, I don't like you either. (laughs) Sorry, Charlie. Look, I mean,
1: maybe he's the Greek chorus. Like, we all are not feeling her right now.
0: That's fair. That's valid. Yeah. I also did, while we're talking about Stanford, I just wanted to mention that uh, a couple of uh, listeners to the pod did mention in the uh, Apple reviews, please leave one for us, uh, that that they missed that we didn't really have a chance to talk about Stanford and how uh, real life uh, Willie Garson passed away.
1: Yeah, I think it's, I was reading something on the interwebs about just how heartbreaking that first episode was for a lot of people. I know you and I were pretty, um, I was a little flippant about Big Dying. I mean, that is how I feel. It's a show. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think a lot of people connected a lot with the show and were so excited to see it come back, especially after like these traumatic two last years of being in a pandemic. So Bill Dying, Bill. (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> Big dying. Um, And then Willie Garson also like knowing in the background that he passed away and they, that they were all truly dear, dear friends with him was yeah. so was really heartbreaking to take on.
0: I imagine it's like obviously losing a family member.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I imagine fans probably feel that way, too. I, I'm glad that Stanford is still in the series. I'm glad that they're. I'm personally glad they're not addressing his real life death in the series only in that I'd rather just enjoy Stanford for being there and being his mm-hmm. character and you know just we can fully just embrace that and not then have to also lose another character on the show like uh, go through another funeral another death um I agree yeah
1: and I think Stanford for I, I don't know how many more episodes he's in but he does bring this very welcoming and from my perspective levity and mm. Um, vulnerability that I love about him. Yeah. And I love his outfits.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
1: Let's get to the end just like that. Okay, Phil, ready?
0: I'm ready. Let's do this.
1: And just like that, I feel like I've listened to Carrie and Che and that other dude talk about random stuff on their podcast. But what is that podcast about? I have no idea.
0: And just like that. Miranda is someone who wouldn't throw away mini vodka bottles after drinking them. She'd keep them in her backpack.
1: For a mini party in her backpack, <laughs> Phil. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> and just like that, of course, Big is another white man who just loves jazz.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, kill me. Uh, and just like that, I kind of think we need a real life hot fellows delivery service. I don't know. I think it'd be a success. <laughs> I'd order.
1: And and just like that, the will attorney, lawyer, dude, and his wife, babe, get out of there. He's not he's you're too good for him. It's a jerk.
0: <laughs> Even Gloria knew it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And just like that, Carrie goes on an eighteen mile hike through Manhattan in platform heels and then says, I just can't stop walking. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I get blisters after <laughs> I walk to work I get blisters are you kidding
1: there are so uh. many unbelievable things about sex in the city but Phil that's one of those things that is Carrie's character and I love that
0: that's true it was very it was very accurate but no complaining just uh, I can't stop walking
1: and just like that big and pinkberry hmm yeah
0: i well pinkberry maybe pinkberry killed him
1: I think someone in the writer's room is like really craving some frozen desserts. Pinkberry, the chia seed, ice cream bar. Get that writer's room some Hagen does.
0: Or did HBO just not have enough money for the show? So Peloton gave the money. Pinkberry gave them <laughs> money. <laughs> like, the money. Like the the allergy medication Allegra gave the money just to name her Allegra. Like, is this what is this?
1: <laughs> and just like that. What kind of name is gogi?
0: I don't know. It sounds like a flavor. I might get a pink berry.
1: (laughs) Gogi berries.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Oh, and just like that, big in the pub theater. I love. Thank you, big. You made Hamilton happen.
0: And just like that, that's the end of our episode. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for listening.
1: Please subscribe, rate, and leave us all those reviews. You can follow us on Instagram at shows or at PureWow. You can follow me at KDara.
0: And you can follow me at the Real Phil Mutts. And help us grow by sharing our podcast with your friends. We'll be back next week.
1: And just like that, a Sex in the City Reboot Podcast is a PureWow and gallery media group production.